Thank you, Kim and Jen. Um, I started crying as soon as we started worshiping this morning. And I just love sitting and soaking like that. Um, as Kim said before, we were not happy when we were told we couldn't sing because we always think singing is for worship. But uh, they can tell us not to sing, but it doesn't mean we can't worship. So thank you for leading us in that, Kim. I'm Tamara. I'm the associate pastor here. I'm so happy to be here with you. And I have to say, I was sitting up front with my eyes closed, and then I turn around, and all you people are here. So thank you for coming this morning. I know it's difficult with it being Fourth of July weekend, um, but so happy to be here and worship with you guys. So today we're talking about um, our sermon series is Below the Waterline, the Deep Story of You. And uh, today we are talking about Noah's Ark. And if you know the story of Noah's Ark, it's about the flood that happened. And uh, we want to know, do you build an ark or run from the flood? That is our question to you. And so over the last, what, four, or maybe June, three, four months now, how many of you felt like that? When you've overslept and you can't find Noah. Right? I saw that and I thought, oh my gosh, that's how I feel. Like, I've overslept and now I'm just kind of scurrying around trying to figure things out. And we can't find Noah. And the flood's coming, or the flood's here, and we're being bashed by the waves, and so now we get on our paddleboard and we just start rowing, right? It has been an interesting few months, I have to say. And, uh, this week is just as crazy as ever. And, you know, we, we get to make a choice. We get to make a choice. Do we build an ark? Do we trust God? Do we believe in him? Or do we just go out into the world and do whatever the world does? And that is our choice. Um, what choice do you, what, which way do you go? And how do you get there? Why did Noah get picked out of everybody? So we can't know that until we start reading. So we're going to start with Genesis 6, um, verse 5. We're going to kind of skip around because it was Genesis 6 through Genesis 9 is the entire story of Noah. And so we're not going over the entire story of Noah. I think everyone knows the story of Noah. I'm just pointing out some things that God showed me. And so let's start with Genesis 6, 5 through 8. The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. How many of you have thought sometimes right now, right? This is so for today. So the Lord was sorry he had ever made them, and he put and that he put them on earth. It broke his heart. I can't imagine breaking God's heart. This hit me. They broke his heart. He created these people in his image, and they broke his heart. And the Lord said, I will wipe this human race I have created from the face of the earth. Yes, I will destroy every living thing, all the people, the large animals, the small animals that scurry along the ground, and even the birds of the sky. 
I am sorry I ever made them. I know, Everett. What? Isn't that crazy? I love when kids are here. <laughs> but Noah found favor with the Lord. Noah found favor with the Lord. I want to stop on that line. That means that the Lord had to look at every heart on earth at that time. What was in their heart? And he found only one man, Noah, that had a heart after his own heart. One man. But what got me is not that he found one man, it's that he had to search every heart to find that one man. And everyone. And that includes the politicians and the religious leaders. Think about it. The religious leaders of that time didn't find favor with the Lord. Scary. Now we're going to go to Genesis 9. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on earth at that time, and he walked in close fellowship with the Lord, with God. Noah was the father of three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now God saw that the earth had become corrupt and was filled with violence. God observed all this corruption in the world, for everyone on earth was corrupt. So God said to Noah, I have decided to destroy all living creatures, for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe them all out along with the earth. But I'll build, and now he's talking to Noah, build a large boat from cypress wood and waterproof it with tar inside and out, then construct decks and stalls throughout its interior. I wanted to make sure I didn't. Yeah, I thought I skipped a slide. So God said to Noah, I have decided to destroy all living creatures, for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe them all out along with the earth. Build a large boat from cypress wood and waterproof it with tar inside and out. Then construct decks and, and stalls throughout its interior. Now, if God said that to you, would you think, what in the world, Lord, are you doing? I thought that was kind of crazy. Verse 17. Look, I am about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every living thing that breathes. Everything on earth will die. But I will confirm my covenant with you. So enter the boat, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring a pair of every kind of animal, a male and female, into the boat with you to keep them alive during the flood. Pairs of every kind of bird and every type, kind of animal and every kind of small animal that scurries along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. He didn't have to go get them. They came to him. That's, I love God that he does that. And to be sure to take on board enough food for your family and for all the animals. So Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. Now we're going to Genesis 7, 1 through 5. When everything was ready, the Lord said to Noah, Go into the boat with all your family. For among, from, for among all the people of the earth, I can see that you alone are righteous. So Noah did everything as the Lord commanded him. A male and female of each kind of entered, just as God had commanded Noah. Then the Lord closed the door behind them. And the floodwaters covered the earth for 150 days. How many 
That is a lot of years or a lot of time, 150 days. How many days in a year? 365, 21, thank you. 365 days in a year, 150 of them, the floodwaters covered the earth. If you look at the entire story, Noah and his family and all those animals were in the ark almost a year. By the time the floodwaters receded, but the times of the flood was for 40 years, right? Or the rain was for 40 days and 40 nights, which coincides with the the um, exodus, that the Israelites were in the desert for 40 years, right? And then the floodwaters covered the earth for another 150 days. And then after that, they had to wait for the waters to recede. And so when you put them all together, it is almost a year that they spent on this boat, which I can't even believe. So Noah, this is Russell Crowe as Noah. How many of you saw the two, I think it was 2013, 2014 movie Noah? Noah? Oh, yeah. You regret it. I don't. And I'm going to tell you why I don't regret it. Um, It brought up conversations I've never had before. And when I go and see movies that are Christian movies or based off of biblical stories, I like seeing them because it brings up conversations that I have never had before. And Noah was one of them because there were some really interesting things in there. There were things that were, I found out later, that were Jewish um, tales that came down from generation to generation that was in there that we don't know about. Um, But some of it was kind of really weird because it was kind of Transformers meet rock people meet things. But... I'm getting off the thing because I could talk about the movie because it brought about conversations I had never had. But Noah was a man who God found favor with. And really, this is what I want to lean on. This is what I want to look at. Why did Noah find favor? Was he perfect? Absolutely not. He was not perfect, but he still found favor, which gives us hope because we don't have to be perfect. So God found favor. So what did he do? One, he kept his integrity. In this messed up world that Noah lived in, everyone around him was violent and vicious criminals that was just destroying the earth. But Noah kept his integrity in all of that. Can we do the same thing? Can we keep our integrity during all this time? I, if you saw my video on Facebook regarding not being able to sing in church, um, I talked about some of the Facebook posts I'd seen. God really opened my eyes to some of them. And how angry and hate-filled Christian vocabulary has become against other Christians, against non-Christians, non-Christians hating Christian. I was appalled by it. I was appalled by the anger there is a righteous anger, but this was just right wrong. This was anger to be to be angry because you didn't agree with my opinion. That kind of anger. In this world, we can't do that. We have to keep our integrity. I'm angry about a lot of things. I don't agree with a lot of things, but I am not going to fill my vocabulary, my Facebook pages, or my conversations with that anger or hatred loathing, whatever you want to call it. I'm going to try to, I, I'm 
it's hard sometimes to keep your integrity during these times. I'm looking at Kathy. Even though you're wearing a mask, I can see your eyes. <laughs> and it's been difficult sometimes because it's sometimes a lot easier just to kind of go with the world, right? And just to kind of go, okay, I give up. But Noah kept his integrity. Secondly, Noah loved God. He loved God so much that when God told him to build a boat, he just did it. He knew God. He was in that personal relationship. And because Noah loved God, God loved Noah. And that, of course I dropped my notes, and that is what God wants. God wants us to love him. God wants us to be in one with him. Three, he walked with God. Now, does that mean God walked side by side with him and that type of thing? No. Adam and Eve did that in the Garden of Eden. But Noah walked with God, meaning he was in his will. He did what God wanted him to do. He didn't do anything outside of God's will. He, before we talked about plans last week, and what were we supposed to do? Get rid of our plans and ask God what his plans are, right? Because so many times we walk outside of God's will for us because we have a plan. All of us do that? Yeah. I've done it too many times to count. And so I don't know about you, but I want to walk with God. I want to be in his will and follow his plan for my life because that will be a better thing for me than me trying to make my own plan. And so Noah walked with God. And so Noah's plan probably wasn't to build a big old boat and house all these animals for over a year, for a year, and to be, you know, have the earth destroyed. But he trusted God enough that he walked with him and said, okay. So that goes into Noah believed God. There are some people that say that at that time there was not really rain, that they hadn't seen rain before, that the spring waters watered everything. Um, and some people say that it had rained before, so we don't know. But just think, everything burst. It wasn't just a rain. It was the waters from the deep rose up, and the waters from the heavens came down. And God was telling Noah, this is what's going to happen. And Noah said, I believe you, Lord. And so he just continued to follow him. He had that belief in the Lord. When the Lord tells you something really crazy to do, do you believe him? That's my question to you. Because Noah loved God, he walked with him, he knew him personally, he believed him, he was obedient to him. Over and over and through the passages we said, um, the, it's written that Noah did what the Lord said. Noah was obedient. When God asks us to do something, are we obedient? Are we obedient to his call? What, Everett? You're not? No? Okay. So are we obedient? Sometimes we're not. He's right. We're not always obedient. Um, I know a time that 
the Lord called me to something and I said no because it wasn't my plan. I didn't want to do it. And he kept pastoring me and of course he won. And, um, you know, being up here, this is not my plan. I didn't ever want to be a pastor. I didn't want to talk in front of people. As a matter of fact, I ran away from it. And the Lord was very patient with me. And because of his patience and his love, that when it was the right time, he said, now. And when he said, now, I was able to be obedient. And so I've told you the story. House asked me three times, and I told him no three times to be a pastor of this church. Because, one, I didn't feel God calling me. And two, in my head, I'm going, no, 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 no. But God, through that year and a half of him asking me to be pastor, continued to work on me, continued to call me to smaller things that I was being able to be obedient to, to when house asked me. Um, I said, let me pray about it. And God showed me this was where I was supposed to be. And I could be obedient to that because I'd been walking more closely with him because I was starting to trust him when he called me to things that I didn't want to do, but I did it. When this big thing happened of being a pastor, I was able to be obedient. Noah trusted God. We have to trust that God's got our back, that he's not going to call us into something that's going to harm us. In Jeremiah 29, 11, what's it say? It said it's, he wants to, um, oh gosh, it just went out of my head. And what's Jeremiah 29, 11? For I know the plans I have for you. I don't know why it just, that one's always in my head. And now it, I, when I want to say it, it's gone. For I know the plans I have for you. It's not to harm you. But it's to boost you up. It's to encourage you. It's to make you have abundance. It's to provide for you. But we need to trust God that that's his plan. His plan A is better than ours. That his promises are true. He promises each and every one of us to be with us, to walk with us, to guide us and to direct us. That he will give us, he will provide for us, he will heal us. But do we trust him enough? Do we believe him enough? That if I'm sick, do I trust that he's going to heal me? Now I'm not talking about the snake oil soil salesmen and the, you know, the weird stuff. I'm saying that do I trust him enough that his healing, whether it's with medicine or a miracle, do I trust that he is going to be there for me? And I do, and I hope all of you do too. So when the storm comes, do you build a boat? Are you like Noah? Or do you run from the storm? One of the most interesting things in the movie that I just never thought about during the story is that one, when Noah and all the animals were in, the Lord shut the door. Noah didn't have to shut the door. The Lord did it. He shut them in to protect them, to save them. And then the flood waters came. 
Now think about, this is the part in the movie that got me. They were sitting in there, the floodwaters started going, they could feel the boat moving and walking, and they could hear the people. Let me in, let me in. Let me in, let me in. And it was so loud, I just, the movie part, this is what got me. And they sat in there with their ears covered because the noise was so loud. And they wanted to help every single person. And Noah kept saying, no, this is what the Lord wants. Let me in, let me in, let me in, until there was no sound. And that struck me in the movie. Because when we read the story, we don't think about it. It reminds me of the five virgins, or the ten virgins. Five had their lamps ready, their wicks cut, the oil full, and the others were just, you know, doing their thing. And when the bridegroom came, Jesus came to collect them, the five were ready and went off with him while the others were like, share out your oil, help us with our wicks. We weren't ready, we weren't prepared. And they said, sorry, we're going with Jesus. We're going with the bridegroom. When the storm comes, are we prepared? Do we have our ark built? Are we in the process of building our ark? Now for us, our ark is Christ. He is our safety. He is the thing, the person we go into during these storms. He will, at, at our last breath, he will be the person that will come and greet us and sh take us. But are we preparing now by building our ark? And that means getting closer to him, getting closer to God, getting closer, knowing him and trusting him and believing him and being obedient to him and loving him. When the storm comes, are you going to be prepared? Now, some people say this is the end days. I don't know if it is. God didn't tell us that. He said you won't know the day, the time, or the hour, but be prepared. And that's basically Noah said, I'm going to be prepared because God told me to build an ark. I'm, this flood's coming, so I'm going to do it because I want to be prepared because I trust God so much. So are we prepared to go out in that world and keep our integrity, to continue to love God and to follow him. It is not easy because the world wants us to do and think a different way. There are Christians that want us to do and think a different way that is not of God. There are religious leaders that want us to do and say and think that are not of God. We need to only be of God, be in his will and in his grace. So we get to choose. When the storm comes, are we prepared? Are we going to run into the floodwaters? That's our choice. In Psalm 34, 4 through 7, it says, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Fears for us, are the one thing that hold us back from being Noah or being like him, for trusting God. It's our own fears. 
So can you pray for the Lord to take away your fears? Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. I look at Woody, and you, Woody, you always just kind of glow. You have a joy about you, even if you're having a rough day, because I know you've had rough days. But he always has a joy about him. He radiates with joy because he trusts the Lord so much for everything. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. None of us need to live, live in shame because the Lord is, is for us. In my desperation, I prayed and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. The last few months, it's been rough. There's a lot of us that lost jobs. I lost my office job. There's a lot of us, um, there are some of us in here that are dealing because they work in the medical field with COVID-19 patients. Um, there's some that are just afraid of this pandemic and everything that is happening. But when we pray, the Lord listens, and he will save us from all of our troubles. I got into, you know, we all do this. We get to our little pity parties. Hmm? I did that this week, got to my little pity party. It didn't last long because I've learned that I recognize it really quick now. But I got to a little pity party. And I was listing to the Lord all my troubles. Woe is me. And the Lord said, really? Are those your troubles? But he listened to me. And he didn't just say, those aren't troubles. He said, look, this is what I'm going to do for you. Look how I've already put in place for these things. Um, one of the best things I just had, my car got fixed. And I was dwelling on this for quite a few weeks because I was supposed to, I was going to get a new car because mine had gasket, you know, $4,000, really 13-year-old car. So I thought, I'm not going to put that much money into an old car. I'm going to get some a somewhat newish car. And then the pandemic hit. I lost my office job. And then my, um, you know, our stock market took a dive. So I lost some money there, which was going to go towards a new car. And so I said, okay, Lord, I am just going to trust you in this. But then the heat came and the truck I was driving doesn't have AC. And so I was, oh, I don't have AC. Where, where, where? And so I started praying. I said, okay, Lord, I got to snap out of this. Okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? Obviously, I'm not supposed to get a new car. And so I called my brother and I said, hey, do you know a good mechanic? I'll just do it because that's what I felt. Well, it was a week later he came up to me and goes, you know, I think I can do it. And it took him a week. And $441 later, I have my car back. Praise God. He saved me from my troubles. I was making my own troubles. But that was a huge trouble for me because I need reliable transportation. Sometimes I pick up kids. I have an elderly mom. I needed AC during the heat. And so I, every time I've driven my car this week, I cry because I'm so happy. I'm just like, thank you, Lord. Thank you for a brother who took the time to say, you know what, let me watch some YouTube videos. Now, I will tell you, he's mechanically inclined. He's built, rebuilt engines and all that stuff. But he was thinking, head gaskets, I can't do that. I usually take them in to do it. So he saved me from all my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is, our God, is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. 
Now, fear in this isn't being afraid of him, but it's being in awe of him, respecting him. And he's our guard. He surrounds and defends us. When people around us start to attack us, he will defend us. He will defend us. He will guard us, and he will defend us. We do not have to worry. I got a little attacked by somebody, and I said, you know what? Okay, Lord, I kept my mouth. The Lord shut my mouth because I could have blown off at this person, and I didn't. And I said, after they were done, I just said, you know, I understand where you're coming from because I did. They were coming from a very hard place, and the Lord gave me the words. But he stood around me and surrounded me and guarded me and protected me during that time. He protected my heart and my spirit so I wouldn't get offended. Because who do you think, how many of you think being offended is one of the biggest things right now, right? Everybody is offended by everything. So we do not need to do that because the guard will surround, the God, that, that, that for the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Um, one of the, I was reading a commentary by Matthew Henry, and he says, we must build upon Christ the rock. That's from Matthew 7:24, and go into Christ the ark. When the storms come, we must build upon Christ the rock. That's our preparation is building upon Christ the rock. Everything we do, whether we're in our prayers, in our worship, in our Bible reading, attending a church, into prayers, um, getting into the word, meditation, sitting at Jesus' feet, that's our preparation upon the Christ the rock. And then when the storms end, we can dive right into Christ the ark because we know him. And we don't have to fear. I got to see Amy Purdy um, speak a couple weeks ago. On Zoom, of course. And if you don't know her story, at 19 she contracted um, bacterial meningitis or something like that. Um, Basically, they gave her no chance to live. She lost both of her legs. She had her spleen removed and um, ended up having to have a kidney transplant. And through all of this, and now she's a Paralympian. She was on Dancing with the Stars. She's a motivational speaker. Just an amazing young woman. And one of the quotes she said, instead of looking at our challenges and limitations as something negative or bad, we can, be look, we can begin to look at them as blessings. Magnificent gifts that can be used to ignite our imaginations and help us go further than we ever knew we could go. When the storms of life come, we can look at them as negative and bad. That will stunt our creativity and limit us and bring us into despair. Or we can look at them as blessings. It took him and I overnight sleeping and praying about not singing in church to realize this thing's going to be a blessing. And on Saturday, no, Saturday, Sunday morning, Saturday morning, I, I'm all my days are mixed up. Yesterday morning, she and I talked, and we both got excited about what God could do through worship, even if we're not singing. So in, can you, instead of looking at our challenges and limitations, we're, we have to wear masks, we can't sing in church, we are supposed to be staying home. We can't dine in anymore. We can't go to bars. Our beaches were closed for 4th of July. Instead of looking at them as negative or bad, 
can we look at them, begin to look at them as blessings? When the storms come, can we say, okay, Lord, show me the blessing in this. What do you want me to learn from this? What gifts do I get to use that you gave me? What gifts do I get to use? Help ignite my imagination. Our imagination was ignited this morning by worship. That's one way we took what we could have been really negative, and we all thought it was negative, to a blessing. And it will help us go further than ever knew we could. I'm going to have Jen come up. She's going to finish, and Kim, they're going to finish up the service. But I want to ask you, what are you going to do this week to change? It's basically a change of mindset so that we can become more like Noah, a man of integrity, man or woman of integrity, one that loves the Lord, one that owes obedient, believes, and trusts. How can we become this person that when something happens, when a storm of life comes, that we have built already and prepared on the rock of Christ, and now we can dive into the Christ ark? How can we do that? Will you do that? Father God, we just are so thankful for all that you've done during the last three months during this pandemic. Lord, we know it's been difficult. We know that people have gone on to be with you during this whole thing. But Lord, for those of us left behind, help us to see the blessings. Help us to see the challenges as just gifts that you've given us for another chance at life. Lord, help us to prepare on your son's Christ the rock. Help us, Lord, to live with integrity Help us, Lord, to love you with our whole selves, our mind, our spirit, our body. Help us, Lord, that when you speak to us, that we believe you and we trust you and we are obedient to you. Lord, help us during that preparation time. And Lord, when the storms come, help us to dive, dive deep into Christ the ark so that we know that there is no fear, that we know that we will be safe, that we will be shut in and protected, and that we'll be safe from the storms raging. And Lord, when the world comes banging on the doors, help us to cover our ears so that we do not hear them and that we only listen to you. Lord, thank you. For Noah, thank you for finding favor in him. And Lord, help us to live as Noah lived, finding favor in you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hello. Oh, it works. Okay. Good morning, everyone. Happy 4th of July. I hope everybody got some sleep last night. I know... Um, Gosh, up until about 1, 1 a.m., I was hearing ping, ping, all over the place. 
and my neighborhood literally looked or sounded like a war zone. But um, we managed to have a lot of fun watching fireworks. Everybody was shooting off those Disneyland-like fireworks in the sky. So that was um, actually really something to experience. But I wanted to um, share a word that the Lord gave me on Friday during my own personal quiet time. And um, I wasn't planning on, you know, having a mini message or anything. But it really ties in with 4th of July uh, nicely. And if you have a Bible, if you want to open that to Second Chronicles 7, uh, that's where this was born out of. But first of all, I just want to thank Tamara for such an amazing message. That was a great word for today. Thank you so much. Um, so the Lord showed me um, out of this section of Scripture that the origins of celebration come from Him. And we were celebrating our country's freedom and shooting off all these amazing fireworks and these things that make us go, wow, when the Lord is ready to give us that wow every day in our daily personal time with him and also as a congregation. And I just feel like, wow, during this message that Tamara was giving today, these things that she was bringing forth to us from that story about Noah is, wow, what a God we serve. He wants to help us receive goodness right now in Thanksgiving during the midst of a storm when so many things are going awry. Um, and basically, just to tie this in with Second Chronicles 7, um, in this chapter, we see the temple being dedicated by Solomon, and he had just brought forth prayer and praise to the Lord Thank you so much, Father, for giving us this temple, this place to worship you. And after that, the Lord gives the people a display of his power by shooting down he uh, fire from heaven. And the people were all amazed. And I thought, wow, what a cool correlation. Here we are, um, the people on earth. We wait to be dazzled. We wait for the spectacular to happen in our lives. We crave that to happen. And that's because God put that there. We have a wow-shaped hole in our heart that only God can fill. And he wants us, he wants to be able to bring us that daily wow through his wonderful works, through his protection, through standing in awe of his creation and of his majesty. And so during the 4th of July, I thought, wow, this is, wow, <laughs> this is a foreshadowing of both what God always wants to do in our daily life, but also what's to come when that new heaven and that new earth come down and God brings the spectacular that is eternal in our lives. But um, when you have it, if you have a chance to this week, check out Second uh, Chronicles chapter 7 because I think there's something that the Lord wants to just bring us deeper into um, in terms of celebration, that he is the Lord of celebration and he is the Lord of wow, because he is the wow. Thank you. Thanks, Jen. I don't know how many of you know Pastor Joe Johnson. I just took this out. I'm going to need this to be there. Um, Pastor Joe is, oh, no, not, I'm sorry, Pastor Paul Johnson. Uh, when we were in confirmation, he was one of our uh, pastor confirmation teachers. 
And wow was a word he liked to use. Wow, wow, so I'm so excited about it. Wow about everything. It could be nothing really to you. And he's like, wow, it's the biggest thing ever. Um, but he taught us the wow and using your uh, mouth as the O. So don't just like say, oh, hey, wow, that's cool. No, it's wow, that's cool. So there, there's a little uh, Pastor Joe for you, a little wowness. Um, next week is Below the Waterline, Jacob's Ladder. Um, always an intriguing story to me. I don't know what it is about it, but um, I'm excited for next week. Um, prayer cards and um, connection cards. Um, everything is on the chairs. Fill it out. If anything's changed, let us know. Um, but the important part of that card is the prayer requests. Um, please be sure if there's anything going on, no matter how little it is to you, it's wow to us. So um, put your prayers on there. Let us pray for you. Let us come together as a family and uh, lift you up where you need it and celebrate with you when, um, when there's something to celebrate. Um, Alpha's coming up again starting in July, July 15th. We're in July. So I believe that's, what, two weeks from now? Um, it was a really great session, the, the last one we did. I highly encourage you. Um, to, to join. It's uh, Wednesday evening, 6 o'clock on Zoom. Super easy and very, very casual. So um, come, learn, grow, and uh, join Alpha. Uh, we also have teacher trainings on Sunday afternoons. It's going to be starting back up July 12th. No teacher training in the next two weeks because house is gone. Um, 4 p.m. on Zoom, of course. Uh, looking at church leadership in the way it changes through the centuries. Um, the next emphasis is going to be on prayer ministry and some practicalities of actually how to do prayer ministry, um, not just, hey, let's pray. Um, there's actually some structure that goes behind it so that we can all um, take part in that. Um, no 4th of July open house as of yesterday. I hope none of you showed up because they weren't there. Um, and like I said, July 12th with the teacher training. Um, if you want more information on the Zoom information for how for um, teacher training and Alpha, um, reach out to House, hbhouse at gmail.com, and he will give you the um, the information to get into that. Uh, July prayer cards and Bible readings are online in our Facebook group, the Wellitzer City. Make sure you join and stay connected as far as what is um, being prayed about. We also have our prayer cards that are here, so grab one on your way out. Um, and join us in prayer for the month. We are focusing on, I should know this, perhaps I need a prayer card. <gasps> Shocking. Praying against fear, praying for unity and peace. Huh, imagine that. Um, between communities, citizens and police, and within our government. We're praying against COVID-19, that this goes away, that God can come in and just wipe us all clean every nook and cranny. Um, we pray that our churches are open and that all who enter will be protected and experience God in new ways. And as always, we pray for our governor and for our president because we're commanded to, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. More than one person agreeing would be great. <laughs> we're followers of God no matter if we like what he says or not. I know as children, we don't always like what our parents say, but it's for our own good, so we're doing it. We're praying for our governor and for our president. Uh, women, Linda Van Oy is doing a women's study. Um, 
breathe, how to make room for the Sabbath. If you are anything like me, um, Sabbath is a great idea, and you don't always follow it. Um, but that's a very bad thing, very bad thing. So make time uh, with Linda Vinoy on Tuesday at 7 p.m., July 7th. Um, you can reach out to her for more information, or again, hbhouse at gmail.com, and he'll get you in touch with Linda. And lastly is tithes and offerings. Our church has been so blessed by the generosity of those here physically and also those in the live stream. Um, honesty time, being the worship pastor, and the idea of having to throw together live streaming and all that was very stressful for me. And I questioned a lot of times, why? Is it worth it? What's the gain versus the, the output of effort? And that was very bad of me, um, not only because it's, you know, God says build an ark, you build the ark. You don't fight with them on why. And um, But the generosity we've received from people has just been mind-blowing to me. Um, we've had churches from um, the Midwest that are considered mega churches reaching out to us saying, hey, how are you guys doing what you're doing? Who's, who's your consultant? YouTube is fantastic. There's some great groups to follow. Um, but you guys have just been amazing, and God has just so blessed us um, in so many ways. So tithes and offerings, um, and prayer is also a great tithe and offering, and I will take any prayer you want to give me. Um, but the Wellitzer City, you can mail your checks, 2721 Delaware, Huntington Beach, 92648. Um, our online giving areas, the website, text giving, um, the Faith Life app. Um, go on to Malachi 310 Giving, the tiny URL dot um, Malachi slash Malachi 310 Giving. Um, that'll give you all the ways to be able to um, to give. And with that, that's it. We're done for the week. Um, so one last quick blessing. Father God, I thank you for everything that you've given us and, and um, this time of resetting and doing something different, taking us out of our routine. I ask that you do that for every single one in here this week is give us a time to um, have to think about what we're doing and not just doing it because we do it. Take us out of our routine. Take us out of our ruts that we may be in and open us up to the blessings you have for us throughout every hour of every day. In your name we pray. Amen. Have a great week, guys.